Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Turn Right Podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host. In today's episode, I'm going to be reviewing and reacting to Taylor Swift's Evermore album. So if you're a regular listener of mine, our regular content will be back next week and we will do more in-depth analysis of writing, character arcs, plots, all of that sort of thing. But I think this week we can all really take away some good things from this album as fiction writers and implement them in our own work. So to give you guys kind of a backstory, I have been a gigantic Taylor Swift fan since the sixth grade when my friend Natalie put her headphones into my ear and had me listen to her iPod Nano and said, you've got to listen to this song. It was our song by Taylor Swift. I fell in love instantly. I was a fan ever since. I've been to all of Taylor's major world tours. I have collected all of her albums, but that does not make me exempt from reviewing and analyzing her work. I want to do an objective analysis, so I am going to be a little bit critical, but I'm criticizing the art and not Taylor Swift as a person because I love her so much as a person and I'm a huge fan of really whatever she puts out. I think we were all totally shocked whenever she released Evermore. Folklore obviously was a huge surprise as well, but I certainly didn't expect her to come out with two albums in 2020. I think Evermore is definitely the lesser of the two albums, and for me, it falls short overall in a couple of different ways. One, I think Folklore was just so totally unexpected um, as far as the style of the music and the songwriting. It was really a pivot, as we say in the corporate world, from Taylor Swift's Lover album. We had never really heard Taylor delve into this folky alternative element. We heard it a little bit on Red, not quite to the level that it was executed at for Folklore. So I think whenever we hear new music or new art or new literature, we get really excited about that. We get really surprised by that. And so I think initially there was more hype about Folklore because it was so different stylistically for Taylor. Also, you just can't deny it. The songs on Folklore are all incredibly well written. They are very detailed. They're very narrative focused and each song really tells a different story. Evermore doesn't nearly have as much detail in each of the songs. Also, for me personally, as a fan, I definitely thought Taylor and Joe Alwyn broke up after uh, listening to Folklore, so for me, the song seemed really, really personal, like they could have been actually like diary pages from Taylor Swift's diary. Um, but then, of course, we learned that that was not true, and so I think some of the effects of the songs on Evermore are not quite the same because we know they're still together. In fact, uh, William Bowery is actually Joel, Joe Alwyn, and he is a contributor on many of these songs. So those are kind of the overall reasons why I think Evermore is less of an album than Folklore. Now I'm going to go ahead and break down each individual song. So first up, we have Willow which I think Willow has a pretty decent groove, and that's what saves the song. However, the lyrics to me really don't make a whole lot of sense, which is very unusual for Taylor Swift. Usually her songs are very well put, and we can picture 
kind of exactly what she's singing about. I think this song is also indicative of the entire album. There's a lot of cheesy and too overt metaphors um, in a lot of the songs. For example, lost in your current like a priceless wine. I would probably cut that sentence from my novel. Also, I just don't think this song makes sense. Hey, yeah, that's my man. Every bait and switch was a work of art. That's my man. I'm begging you for t- I'm begging for you to take my hand. Life was a willow and it, and it bent right to your wind. Um, again, it's just kind of overall a weak metaphor for me. It's just a very mediocre way to start the album. But I do think that sonically it does have a good groove and that's what kind of saves the song. I also forgot to mention that I am mostly going to be commenting on the lyrics and the overall feel of the song. I am not a musician at all, so I can't speak on really the arrangement or the technical arrangement of the song. Second song on the album is Champagne Problems. Now, I think this song is rather overhyped. I was shocked whenever people were comparing it to All Too Well because all too well I can picture everything that's going on and that's not the case with champagne problems. The line, your heart was glass, I dropped it, is pretty good, Um, but I think all of the verses are really too divergent and they don't make a lot of sense and I think the chorus would need to be a lot stronger and you probably could pull off that song, but once again I think this song is just split into too many different directions and it's a little too vague and the metaphors aren't that great. So for me, I really don't think this song is anywhere near my favorite songs by Taylor. This is not even in my top 50 favorite songs, and I'm really surprised that people like it so much, and I know I'm going to get hate for saying that. Next up, we have Gold Rush, which I think is a pretty strong song for Taylor Swift. I think that the sound of the song really carries it, so it doesn't necessarily have to make as much sense. As a song, that would be a lot slower. I think it has a very different sound for her. And I think this song is going to be fabulous in concert when we're all dancing and screaming the part where she says folklore. Fourth song is Tis the Damn Season. And I think this song is written so much better than Champagne Problems. This song is really interesting because it's about someone moving away from their hometown, kind of establishing their life, but then coming back over Christmas break and hooking up with one of their exes that they're still really not over and that is just such an interesting and relatable concept. Um, I really think this song is one of Taylor's best written songs as far as the lyrics go. Messy as the mud on your truck tires. I can really picture everything about this song. I kind of love the little reference to Robert Frost. And I can really picture and feel the emotions behind the song just like All Too Well. So I think this song for me is a much better comparison to All Too Well than Champagne Problems. Uh, For me, I would say Tis the Damn Season is probably in my top 25 Taylor Swift favorite Taylor Swift songs of all time. I think though Taylor Swift has so many songs now that it's gotten to the point where you should kind of have a ranking of Taylor Swift songs lyrically and then Taylor Swift songs kind of overall with the music and everything because... I would rate songs like You Belong With Me and 22 as some of my favorite sounding Taylor Swift songs, but not necessarily lyrically. So I think I'm going to do two separate blog posts on my blog, Not Keeping Up With Kate at WordPress.com, about my favorite songs lyrically by Taylor Swift and then sonically. So if you're interested in that, um, my blog site will be linked below in the description box. The next song is Tolerate It. This is a very mature concept for Taylor. It's a very realistic love song. 
I think it's also one of the songs that sounds most like a song from the Folklore album. However, I think the examples in the song are not specific and compelling enough. They just seem very generalized. A girl is setting the table for dinner. She uses the best colors for the portrait. And to me, that's just very ambiguous. So I find myself always skipping this song when I listen to the album. I think the concept was good, but it had a lot more potential with the storytelling as well as I think the sound of the song. I just find it a little bit too slow and boring. The next song is No Body No Crime featuring the band Haim. I am a huge fan of Haim on their own. I think they sound a lot like Sheryl Crow in a really good way. So this song really for me was a song I didn't know I needed from Taylor Swift. I think the songwriting is really good. It's, it's very basic but it just has a great groove and sometimes you need the most basic storytelling or the most simple delivery to get your point across and that just really does the job. And I think a lot of the other songs on the album Taylor is trying too hard but that is not the case in Nobody No Crime and that is a bop and I cannot wait to listen to it in concert. Also, I think it's really clever how she used the name Esty, and Esty is of course the name of one of the Heim sisters. Next we have Happiness, which I think is kind of similar to Tolerate It. As far as the concept goes, it's a very mature concept. I think it's better written than Tolerate It. However, I don't understand the allusion to Gatsby when she says, I hope she'll be a fool. I think that line is very out of place in the song, but Overall, I think this song is really strong emotionally. Next, we have Dorothea. I feel like this was the second attempt to make a Betty. And Betty, the song from Folklore, is a lot stronger than Dorothea. However, Dorothea does have its charm. I do like the chorus. I think it's catchy. And I like the storytelling, but I think it's just a good song. It's not great. Then we have Coney Island. I was really intrigued by this song. I love amusement park imagery. I also think this song sounds like it could belong on folklore. I forgot to mention that I think the overall vibe of the album of Evermore is a lot happier than folklore. So I am kind of surprised that they're really considered sister albums because I think Evermore definitely has a more pop feel to it, but Coney Island could definitely go on folklore. I also think Taylor's not trying too hard in this song. I like the metaphors. And originally when I saw the title track list of the album, I thought that Coney Island would be a more upbeat song. So I love that she kind of surprised me and gave me a different image than how I thought the song would play out. Then we have Ivy, which is my favorite song from the album. I think this song really saved the album because to me, the album was just kind of going to be like another reputation a good album, but not one of my favorites, but Ivy really saved it. I think this song is very undervalued by people, and I think it's because a lot of people don't understand what it means and the metaphor behind what the plant Ivy actually does. So I think once you understand that, you can have a greater appreciation for the song, but I do like the rhythm of the song as well, this country-esque vibe. For me, this is one of my top three favorite Taylor Swift songs. I can't get enough of it. And I think really it's because of the voice of the song as well. You can tell this is from the perspective of a woman that's bitter, that's let down, that's unfulfilled with her marriage, and she's sneaking off 
and finding this guy, but yet she's blaming him for starting it. And it's just a masterpiece. Number 11 is Cowboy Like Me. Originally, I hated this song and I have to admit it's riddled with cliches. It's a song that sounds like it could be on literally anyone's album, which I think was an attribute of the Reputation album. So I think this song is very vague and overdone. A lot of country stars have made songs about cowboys. I think even the same title was definitely used by other artists. Um, I don't know of any specific, but it just feels very generic and overused. The bridge is absolutely awful. I think it's hands down like the worst bridge Taylor ever wrote. However, I do keep listening to the song every time I listen to the album. I don't skip it like I skip some of the other songs. And that's because I think it does have a good groove, although again, kind of generic guitar solo. Um, not the most original rhythm, but I still kind of like the sound of the song. So I keep listening to it. And then we have Long Story Short, which is probably my third favorite song from the album. It has very much Jack Antonoff vibes, and I could easily tell it was a song that he had worked on. Um, it kind of reminds me of Paper Rings. And I love the lyrics to this song. It kind of goes back to Taylor's original fairy tale imagery. I love it when she says, I dropped the sword in the bushes. I don't keep score, I just keep you warm. It's really cute and upbeat. And I think this song definitely will be another jam in concert. And I'm really looking forward to hearing it live whenever we can hear live music again. Then we have Marjorie. It sounds like it could be a bonus track on the album. I think it had a lot of potential, but the execution of the song really fell short. I don't read what the songs are about. I like to figure out what they're about for myself. But I did see something on Twitter that it's a this is about a girl who had gone missing. And I know Marjorie um, was Taylor Swift's maternal grandmother's name. So I think that's kind of interesting. But I really don't feel the emotion of the song. The grocery store receipt line is very uh, cliched and I don't like that. So for me, the song is just very fair. Then we have Closure, which I know a lot of people online said they don't like. I'm very surprised about that. I think it's a strong song. I like the meaning of it and I think it has a different sound for Taylor. So for me, I think it is one of the stronger songs on the album. Finally, we have Evermore. Always interesting whenever Taylor decides to actually write a song that she uses for the title of her album. I think this song was appropriate to end the album with. It's a very emotional song, but I think in a few years we'll forget it, but it did its job. So overall, my takeaways um, about the Taylor Swift Evermore album for writers are that one, don't repeat yourself and your work because it won't be as good as the first time. Two, this is something I say all the time, no generic storytelling, make it specific and compelling, and that will resonate most with readers. Three, cheesy metaphors or cliches have no place in your writing and they degrade the quality of your work. And lastly, always take the time necessary to produce a piece of work. It should take you a while to create something sustainable, great, and compelling. Let me know what you thought of this album and this podcast episode. If you'd like me to react to any more musical artists, I really had fun doing this. As always, keep writing, keep reading, keep querying, and I will talk to you guys on our next road trip.